Hi, my name's Sam Sheen, and I'm joined as always by my friend and professional colleague, Mary Lindberg, and this is our podcast, Captivated Audience. Today's guest comes to us from the world in England. Over to you, Marie. It's a pleasure to introduce Charlie Roberts today on this podcast of Captivated Audience. Hi, Charlie. How are you doing? Hi, guys. I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me on here today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're based and what's your role at your current company? I'm based in the UK, so I work for an organization called ID Now, and we are a global organization, um, and I head up the business development team across financial services uh, within the EU. So Charlie, what exactly does ID Now offer by way of products and services? So we're actually an identity verification company. So what we do is we will verify individuals through a government-issued identity document and the person in front of the camera. So we don't use data. We're very much around the document and the individual. And we do it a couple of different ways. Uh, we can do it through an automated solution, and we can also do it through a video-based um, onboarding solution as well. So it's all about the technology around identification. Can you tell us and walk us through a little bit how the tool works and keeping in mind that you cannot show and tell? Our CTO was actually queuing to get verified in, in a bank in Germany, and he thought this was crazy. So what he actually went and did was decided to develop a technology that met all the regulatory requirements needed to onboard remotely. And actually, that bank is, was one of our first customers and our, one of our customers still today. How we differ from a lot of organizations is that we actually are able to meet a number of different regulatory requirements. So we offer an automated solution. So if you want to verify the identity of a customer that wants to, say, take out a bank account, we can capture a document and authenticate the document. We can also then do a, a liveness and a selfie test so we can take a picture of the individual and also get them to motion and move, move their head to ensure that they're physically in front of the camera. So we can do that through automated, but when we sort of differ is we bring in more of a hybrid approach. Within our business, we actually have 10 call centers that we operate out of as well, across Germany, across France, and across Romania, uh, for different regulatory requirements. But where we differ is we can automate the journey, so we can do it through, through either a smartphone or, or a desktop computer. But we then have that hybrid approach where um, we have humans in the background, agents that can review the information and make an assessment and still continue that onboarding process. For a number of the EU member states, that solution um, meets regulations and requirements. However, you've got certain member states like Germany, for example, where it's a regulatory requirement to onboard using video-based technology. So you're actually speaking to an individual. So, so that's where we differ. We can support in, in markets like Germany, Luxembourg, Liechtenstein, where they require video-based onboarding. But then what we've also done is taken that one step further. So if you think about things like the IDAS requirements for QES solutions, so qualified electronic signature, that requires a video-based onboarding solution to meet their requirements. So again, we've been assessed by an independent body that's gone through an assessment to make sure that we actually meet those requirements. And that's, a, and that's an assessment that happens every, every two years. That's how we differ and that's how we stand out from other, other providers within the marketplace. The video process is a face-to-face part of the KYC process. But who actually does it? You mentioned you have call centers, but do you also have clients who choose to undertake that video verification themselves? We have both models. So where clients want us to do the verifications, we can use our own agents. And again, an example of that is within the French market. We actually set up a call center within France to meet those regulatory requirements. But actually, if you think about how traditional banks are set up, they have their own call centers. So you can have um, what we call a SaaS solution, where you can have the software, the technology, and the training and the support from ID now. But your own team can be trained up to actually do the identity verifications. Charlie, you mentioned the call centers. 
how can they be able to detect if somebody during that video call is under some kind of stress or duress or whatever? They go through specific training on what and on on the process involved in identifying someone. Now, part of that training involves understanding the individual where they're looking because they're on a video-based call. They can see them, so they can understand where where's the eye movement going. So, if they pose a question to them, are they looking above the screen to read a script? One of the key things that one of our, our agents will always do is they'll always pose questions that potentially, if they're not the right person, they they won't know the answer to. If they don't know what they're doing they won't know the answer to. And then they'll look to the left for reassurance or to the right for reassurance. And I've sat on demonstrations of, of example ones where that's actually happened. You can clearly see what they're doing. So they have a lot of training around that. We also have a process that if there's a suspicion there, it's then checked by a second supervisor individual that will come in and review the recording as well. And then they would make an assessment themselves as well. So it's always checked by two people if there's a suspicion there um, on any fraudulent activity. You mentioned EIDAS. Charlie, tell me then, are your tool a trusted service provider under the IIDAS regulations? So ID now is not a trusted service provider. We work with a trusted service provider. So for ourselves, our, our global partner we have is DocuSign as the trusted service provider. We provide the video verification part of that journey. So our solution meets the regulatory requirements that IDAS has for video-based onboarding as part of that QES process. So, Charlie, you mentioned before about the standard that you apply in terms of the video verification. I understand you're you're authorized in Germany. Is that right? We meet the requirements to actually meet the regulations. And then under that, what we have to be doing, we have to have been assessed by an independent body. So we, we've been assessed, for example, by TUVIT, who conducted that assessment uh, and given us a certification that's valid for, say, two years, as an example. It's actually then up to the, the banks in Germany to find a provider that meets those requirements. We talked to a number of other brilliant people here on the podcast, showing and telling us about their tools and technology using everything from attributes to biometrics to you name it. So how come video, I understand that it is a requirement, as you said, in certain member states, but what makes video the next best thing? We came at it the opposite direction to other providers. So we, we started out in, the, in the, probably the most highly regulated market, built a video-based solution and then moved into automation. Video is a requirement in those, in those certain countries. However, what we found now is that more and more organizations are looking at video outside of those, those certain member states that require it regulatory-wise. So we work with organizations in Ireland, for example, that, that use video-based onboarding, with organizations in the UK that use video-based onboarding. Across the EU, we actually work with about 65% of the member states. So it's not just a few countries, you know, it's, it's a large portion of member states that are using our solution. Tell us about some financial crime you guys have helped to detect. We ourselves have worked with uh, the authorities to actually uncover fraudulent criminal activities. And if you think about a little bit about social engineering, um, it's when they get sort of an innocent individual's coerced into applying for, for a credit card or a credit account with the, the company. We allow the, the identifications to go through so that they can actually track it back to a location. And that actual location can take about 20 plus people all staying at that location that were there to be coerced into taking on credit business and that was one example where we've actually been able to use our technology to, to really prevent crime. Charlie what kind of businesses have you noticed the greatest uptake in your technology? With that I would probably break it out a little bit so if you think about the regulated markets markets you're thinking more retail banking you've got trading you've got money transfer and then if I think about on the automation side as well and this is um, see pre-COVID-19 you've got the fintechs you've got gaming uh, you've got automotive 
Uh, and those three examples is around speed of onboarding. Yeah, and they need that instant, that instant decision. They need to onboard them quickly, otherwise they're just going to go to another provider. But what we have seen post-COVID, which, which is interesting, is we've done some research ourselves in terms of the type of businesses that have seen upsurge in that. Now, we as a business have seen a, about a 30% increase in transactions since COVID-19. And actually, certain areas like digital loan applications, they've increased by 40%. And even crypto-related transactions up by 75%. Interesting. Well, you know, Marie and I love data. We love some stats. So let me roll back to your 65% of member states. Can you give a shout out to some of the different member states who you're actually providing services to financial institutions there? Yeah, yeah, sure. So if you think about um, video-based, obviously Germany, uh, we, we're working in Ireland and the UK. We've got a number of banks we work with in Luxembourg. Austria, very closely aligned in terms of the German regulations as well and requirements. But we also work with the likes of Sweden, Switzerland, Belgium, Netherlands, um, Spain, obviously France. We have a physical location there as well. Italy, Malta and Cyprus are very big areas for us because of the gaming and the FX space. And obviously places like Poland, again, quite closely aligned in terms of Germany and the regulations. As Sam said, we love data and we also love to talk about data privacy. Yes. Let's talk about GDPR from a practical point of view. Where do you store the data? So we use redundant German data centers for our data storage, but with our solutions, it's configurable. It's configurable by the client, so we can automatically purge data so we don't store it. Uh, we have a, a sort of a standard retention policy of 30 days. Is that our data never leaves the EU. Well, you mentioned one of the issues there, transporting data and transporting personal data. How do you work with a big global bank, for instance, then? We can also work in, in, in different scenarios. So we can actually work with solutions that are effectively on-premise in the cloud within the infrastructure of the bank. So we can support banks in, in the sense that the data won't actually leave their own infrastructure at all. Another bit of the cloud. Regulators, not so much. <laughs> but Charlie, <laughs> what's next on the horizon for ID now? What exciting new stuff can you give us a peek into or what you're planning? Um, I mean, we, we launched the UK in the last 12 months. has been a big, big focus for us. We were in the process of also looking to expand in the Middle East, but um, when the pandemic hit, we had to pause those moves. But we're, we're very active over there at the moment, so that's going to be one of the next moves is going to be to get a physical location based there. We're also now getting a lot of interest in technology from the US. Um, you know, we do work with organizations that cover the US. You mentioned the prospective customer is in front of a screen, the data is showing. Have you seen any hilarious attempts or anything else that might be, you know, disturbing the process of getting yourself identified? On, on the serious bit with regulatory, you can't have anyone else in the picture with you. So if there's anyone else in that picture, um, like I have a picture behind me on the wall, for example, I would fail that identification process. But people will still sit there with a cat on their shoulder. They'll have a, they'll have a dog on their lap when they're doing the process. So there's scenarios like that where there's technically the other person, yeah, I suppose you have to remember that they're at home. Yeah, they're waiting for you. They're connecting to an agent and, and they're not prepped. So bringing your support animal to a video identifier should not be happening then? No, no, it's not, it's not the one thing we would advise. <laughs> so on that note, thank you so much, Charlie, for taking the time and speaking to me and Sam today. It was a pleasure to have you on. Oh, no, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. And if you would like to do as Charlie has and join us as a guest on this podcast, or if you've got some ideas or topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to reach out to us on our LinkedIn page or our dedicated website, captivatedaudience.eu. But you're going to have to be fast because very shortly, Maria and I will be taking a well-deserved break for a few weeks over the summer. 
And at that time, we'll also be preparing our exciting agenda to kick off Q3. Until then, thanks so much for listening and stay safe.